I didn't plan this very well. Because now I have to transition. Hang on, I'll be back. <laughs> Joy unspeakable. Flowing well. Joy <laughs> unspeakable. Rises. Never let me. Hi, I'm Mike. I'm the pastor here at Arbor Point Church at West Jackson. I know. Did you believe that sweater? Mary, Mary gave it to him. Um, <laughs> you'll bow with me one more time. Father, at this time, I come to give a message and pray that it would be all about you. Lord, in this season of joy, Lord, let us celebrate big. Amen. Amen. So we're continuing a series, obviously, on It's a Wonderful Life, and today we're going to be talking some about joy, but I want to start a little bit different today. I'm going to tell a little joke. A man walked by a table in a hotel. He noticed three men and a dog were playing cards, and the dog appeared to be winning. <laughs> that must be a very smart dog, the man commented, and he ain't so smart, said one of the players. Every time he gets a good hand, he wags his tail. When we have joy in our hearts, it's going to be obvious to everyone. You know, George, as he's running through the streets, he's just overwhelmed with that. And Proverbs 15, 13 tells us that a joyful heart makes a cheerful face. A joyful heart makes a cheerful face. And I love George Bailey's return from the brink of suicide. You know, he was on the bridge, he was done, and everything changed for him. Everything changed for him in that moment when he's right there at the brink. But you know, of course, that absolutely nothing actually changed. Nothing. His life didn't change. His circumstance didn't change. What happened is he had an epiphany. He had a change of heart. He had a transformational moment. It, it, he'd encountered the living God through his angel, and everything was suddenly different for George. If it, it, around here, you know the, what I always say. What happens when you encounter the living God? You can't help but be changed. When you encounter the living God, you cannot help but emerge from that changed. And George, <laughs> he, the thing about that is that, that he was changed, but he didn't just sit on his hands, right? What did he do? He ran through the streets. Mary, Merry Christmas. And he goes to Mr. Potter. Y'all know Mr. Potter? And he, who, who's Mr. Potter in this thing? Bad guy. I mean, really bad guy. <laughs> you know, Potter slums, all that. And the first stop he, he makes, he goes, banging on the window. Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter. Of course, Mr. Potter says, hey, Merry Christmas to you, too. Go on down. They're going to arrest you, you know, because he doesn't quite get it. But then he's going down, and, and he's running, and he's saying, Merry Christmas. He enters in. The bank examiner says, hey, you're a little bit short. Yeah, it's $8,000. The warrant officer, get warrant for your arrest. <laughs> you're going to send me to jail. Okay, whatever. Merry, Merry. You know, he's just excited to be there and to be alive. Even got the press taking pictures. Everyone got covered up by the action of love. See, love isn't a word. Love is an action, guys. Love is powerful. The joy born of that love is life-changing. 
The love of God in us, through us, changes our lives and changes the lives of others. It's how it just flows through us. It's Holy Spirit thing. It's a neat kind of dunamis kind of dynamic kind of thing. My passage this morning is, is out of Philippians 4, familiar to many, but it's just so powerful. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. So let me go back because apparently I need to repeat that. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord. Again, I will say, repeated it for some unknown reason, right? Apparently this joy to re-joy, do it again, right? Joy, joy, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. We get to go to God, the creator of all things. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God, when we go to God. It's incredible that we get to go to God in the first place. But when we do that, the impossible peace is the way I always think of that. Because it's peace that doesn't matter what's going on in our life. We can still access it. We can still have it. And this is a season where there's a lot of stuff that goes on and it's still there. Because love does. Love does. Love acts. Love is powerful. And this morning, our Advent message is about joy, but the title of this is Believe It. Albert, stand up. What's your shirt say? It says, I believe it. I know you believe in Santa Claus, but I love that it says, I believe it, because I believe in a bigger thing than Santa Claus. Um, so do you, by the way. I, I'm not saying this. <laughs> But it's true. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I, I think these things are possible. You know why? Because I've been through stuff. Anybody in here been through stuff? You know? God is with you. And he carried you through. And it didn't seem like he was going to carry you through. A lot of times I, I'm sitting there wondering, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Sometimes I try to, try to sabotage myself. Sometimes I hurt myself. Sometimes I do stupid stuff. But I will tell you this, that there's a, there's a part of me that understands and knows that God will work everything to the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You know? He'll just take the stuff that we don't want to deal with and he'll use it because it's who he is. So let me ask you all, do you believe that joy is possible for you? Possible for you. I know everybody says, yeah, I believe joy is possible for other people. Do you believe joy is possible for you? Do you believe that joy is possible and available and waiting for you? You know, some of y'all, Ann, you're going through some stuff, man, I'm telling you. We're praying for you, and we're lifting you up, and we're walking with you. But, man, it's tough, right? You know? But joy is a possibility, and, and it's there for you. And you, you bring that, and that's powerful. It's amazing how that can happen. There's a song, it's Old Church Choir, and as you saw, you're all going to sing it later, <laughs> by Zach Williams. And a powerful line in that song is, there ain't nothing going to steal my joy. There ain't nothing going to steal my joy. Thing is, so much tries to steal our joy. So much in life tries to steal our joy. Sometimes we try to steal our own joy. You know, it, it, we, things just happen and it's so busy. But let me assure you something, joy is different than happiness. It's very different, in fact. And there's a quote, there's a, a thing by Phil Anderson, and I wanted to share that with you this morning because it speaks powerfully. It says, joy is something that confronts my circumstances. 
and occurs in spite of sadness, difficulty, or loss. Happiness is a good feeling I get when things go a particular way, usually the way that we want them to, and then we're happy about that. Joy is an attitude I adopt in spite of how I feel or in spite of how things go. Joy is a posture. It's a position. It's the deep assurance I have that the God who loves me is in control. Joy doesn't happen to me one day and avoid me the next. Joy is the result of a choice, but it's a choice I have to make every day. It's a choice based on the knowledge that I belong to God, who is my refuge. And nothing, not even death, can take God away from me. The best example of this uh, that I've seen in my life was when my friends Brian and Debbie Mott got pregnant. And it reminds me of, of what your friends are going through. It was Joyce mom was their first time, you know, they were going to be first-time parents. And if you knew Brian and Debbie, they were excited. It was going to be great. They were, you know, they were looking forward to it. But it wasn't long into the pregnancy when they discovered their baby would not live long if he lived at all following birth. And we tend to focus on happiness in this life. And guys, there's nothing wrong with happiness. Amen. Happiness is good. <laughs> and I like to be happy. Um, but that depends on our circumstances. And joy just doesn't. We can choose joy. And Brian and Debbie did in this walk that they went. And from the first time I found out about Harvey and what his prognosis was, Debbie was clear about the fact she wasn't going to get lost in, in the questioning why. She, she had her ups and downs, but she wasn't going to get lost in why is this happening to me. She told me she knew there would be miracles of healing throughout her pregnancy that came through this, and she didn't want to miss any of it. She celebrated every kick, every movement, every, every thing that happened throughout her pregnancy. She would celebrate. Now, we all hoped for, we prayed for, we longed for the big healing for Harvey, right? We wanted the big healing. And that didn't happen, but I've been approached by more folks than I can remember who've been impacted by Harvey. This isn't the first sermon that he's been in, but he's on this shirt. You know, he's a part of, he continues to be a part of life, even though he's gone. And as I prepared for Harvey's funeral, and trust me, it was the hardest one I've ever done, God impressed upon me a passage of scripture. It's this passage. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you'd been around me during that time, you'd have heard me say, man, I, just, I don't think I could do this the way that Brian and Debbie are doing it. I don't think I could go through this the way that they're doing it. But the simple truth was that they didn't either. They had people around them. They had family. They had friends who were circling them. They had a church family that just wrapped themselves around them in community. And all of that was awesome. But their faith, they had the Holy Spirit in their hearts and in their lives. And this joy, this impossible joy that, that our passage speaks of, they, it was part of them. And it was incredible to see. And that spirit continues to carry them even today. If you look up there, you'll see Harvey's name. It's the same logo that's here, Harvey Glenmont. Harvey, who was probably not supposed to live at birth, lived a miraculous day, 30 hours. He lived long enough for us to take him home where he passed away at Brian and Debbie's house with a group of us around them both and praying with them and being there for them. 
It was a powerful, powerful day. And it has impacted many lives since. Now, Brian and Debbie have two more kids now. Hudson James, I think he's around, he's around six, and Sadie Grace, who is about 18 months now. But Harvey continues to minister to others as he is this morning. I love that I have this shirt, you know. I love that I get to remember him. God is good in all things. In all things, whether it's good by our standards or bad by our judgment, God is with us in it. And joy abounds. Joy is available even when we're tired. Isaiah tells us this in Isaiah 40. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And I know that we get tired, you know? We get worn out. We get run down. We get drained of strength. But God is faithful and God is good, and God will walk through us and renew us and replenish us and rejuvenate us and restore us if we'll give him the chance. And I love that Scripture guides us on how to find that joy as well. Our passage continues. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, lovely, Good, of good report, if there's any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. When we go through things, God gives us tools. This is a powerful tool. You know, I'll know that I battle depression. This is a tool. You know, when I get into that mind space, I guarantee my, I'm not thinking about what's good or right or, or what brings me joy. I'm thinking about what all the other stuff. And God says, no, Mike. No. There's good. Find it. Look for it. When we focus on the good things we have, we can find a peace and a place of joy. But it's always our choice. It's always our choice. Kent Crockett tells this story, and I love this story. I haven't read the book. I probably should, but I, I haven't. But I love this story. It says, I once was blind, but now I squint. <coughs> Excuse me. He says, one day my wife Cindy refueled our car at a filling station in a Texas town. Instead of driving up to the self-service pump, she accidentally pulled up to the full-service pump. We don't even have full-service pumps in Georgia, do we? Yeah. Jersey, yeah. I don't know that I'd brag. Which <laughs> full, full service, uh, for those who don't know, full service stations are where the guy comes out and he pumps your gas for you. Cleans the windshield if he's good. <laughs> Checks your oil, yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> so she went to the wrong pump, right? So. She didn't realize that that luxury service was going to cost an extra 50 cents per gallon until she paid for the gas. And later she told me how the station had hiked the prices on full service. 
And that extra 50 cents per gallon surely has to be a violation of some federal law, I thought. I quickly calculated that that extra $7 she spent on full service would have taken our vehicle 128.33 miles further down the road if she had bought self-service gas. The full-service gas station robbery had me fuming for several hours. (laughs) And as I was mulling over the terrible injustice, God showed me what I had done. I had sold my joy for $7. I never realized how cheaply I would surrender something so valuable. Just as Esau exchanged his birthright for a bowl of soup, I exchanged my joy for $7 worth of gas. At what price are we willing to sell our joy? Somebody cuts in front of you on the road. Somebody that you relied on doesn't follow through. Something happens in your life. And we get mad or we lose our way and we sell our joy in a moment. Do we focus so much on what we don't have that it ties us up in knots? And keeps us from enjoying the good things that we do. Where we focus is where we are. Are we holding on to things too tightly? Bruce Larson tells the story of a conference in a Presbyterian church in Omaha. And I'm not, well, I guess I'm about to hack on Presbyterians. I don't like, not like them, but uh, people were given helium-filled balloons. I almost did this just to see what would happen. Now that I'm telling you this, I won't be able to. Dang it. People were given helium-filled balloons and told to release them at some point in the service when they felt a sense of joy. Just let them go, just an example of the joy in their hearts. And all through the service, you can imagine those balloons were ascending to the ceiling. But when it was over, one-third of the balloons were unreleased. People still had them in their hands. They were holding on to their joy. Are you hanging on to your balloon? Are you holding on too tight? God wants to set it free. God wants to have it happen. He wants that to go. Maybe it's time. See, our strength is in Christ. It's where we find contentment and joy no matter our circumstances. The finish of our passage. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound everywhere and in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, to abound, to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We're able to find joy in all things when, we, when our focus is on our faith, when our focus is on, our, on Christ, on the cross. And this passage doesn't tell us to be superman or superwoman, okay? It's not talking about that. It's not saying that, well, I can do anything. I can pick up a building. No, it's talking about whatever you're going through. We can rely on Christ, and he will get us through it. He is where our strength comes from. John 16.33 says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. doesn't say you might have. It says you will. You will have tribulation. You're going to have struggles. That's part of life. It's what we go through. But read that last part. 
Yeah, did, yeah that, that was only about four people. Ready? One, two, three, go. Now say it like you mean it. Amen. That's who our Savior is. He has overcome the world. He is an overcomer. We're different because he makes us different. I read this, this is a while back, and today in the world, there was this third century man, and he was getting close to death, and he said this to a friend. He said, it's a bad world, an incredibly bad world. This is the third century, guys. This ain't new. It's a bad world, an incredibly bad world, but I have discovered in the midst of it a quiet and holy people who have learned a great secret. They have found a joy which is a thousand times better than any pleasure of our sinful life. They are despised and persecuted, but they care not. They are masters of their souls. They have overcome the world. These people are Christians, and I am one of them. Can we say that? These people are Christians, and I am one of them. How amazing is that? The God of all sent his son. We get to follow him. We get to have the Holy Spirit within us. These people are Christians. I am one of them. We can be like George Bailey. We can be excited about our faith. We can be passionate about our faith. We can have an urgency about telling other people not to beat them up, but just share, witness, right? What you, tell people what you have seen, heard, and experienced of Jesus, of God, the Holy Spirit in us. Don't make it complicated. You know, if God has done something in your life, tell somebody. Take the action. Take love does. Say that with me. Love does. You know what that means? Love does. It's not, you know, not trying to take complication out of this. Just keep it simple. Believe it. Believe in it. Don't quit five minutes before your miracle. Do not quit five minutes before your miracle. Believe in your miracle. Believe in it. Grab hold of it. Anticipate it. I'm going to go back and close with this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope, not by our power, by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's Romans 15, 13. Power of the Holy Spirit. What lives inside of us.